Welcome back. Here we are again for another program of Europeans in. Uh, today we have some special guests um, to talk about something that's very close to our hearts and an issue that um, is one of the reasons why our association actually exists. So uh, Europeans in Catalonia, what, what are we? Uh, we're a group of people that um, really value um, the European Union and our citizenship as such. And uh, in the last few years, uh, we sort of started coming together. We eventually formed, just over a year ago, um, a civil society association. Um, and we came together because we were finding that our rights were sort of being uh, pulled out from under us and uh, in, in different ways. Um, those of us who live in Catalonia are concerned about uh, if the Catalan independence were to come to fruition, will we still have our rights as an EU citizen? Because apparently we would uh, we would not. We would be out of the EU. And uh, those of us who are uh, British or hold a British passport and live here as European citizens also have the issue of uh, Brexit. And if you're both, then you've got the dum double whammy, which is actually my personal case. So here we are today to delve deeper into this uh, particular topic, which... Um, concerns so many of us and affects many people. And um, so we have Mammon, which is a member of our association. I'm Amy, if I haven't introduced myself. I think uh, some of you who've heard the, the uh, program before might remember my name or my odd accent because I uh, introduced myself as a British person, but actually I grew up in Australia. So, <laughs> so it's always an explanation about what's going on there. So... Um, uh, Mammon, welcome to the show, and could you also introduce um, Hedwig Hegedmans and Elena Remigi for us and tell us uh, a little bit about who they are and introduce them and uh, so on. Well, yes, hello, um, Amy. Um, yeah, we, we're here with Hedwig and Elena. Hedwig is uh, representing a group called the Three Million, and uh, Elena is representing... Um, a project called In Limbo. So I think it'd be better if we ask them what is that group about. And uh, so Hepwig, um, can you tell us what is the Three Millions and, and what do you campaign for? Yes, so the Three Million is uh, the largest uh, campaign group in the UK um, campaigning to for the EU citizens to keep their rights after Brexit. Because Brexit will uh, have a big effect, and like Amy said, for us too, the rock has been pulled underneath us, and it is a, a big problem because we are now on EU as EU citizens in the EU country, but after Brexit, that will all change. So we are campaigning to keep our rights. Okay, and how about you, Elena? You, you're the founder of um, the group In Limbo Project. Can you tell us a little bit about that? In Limbo is a project whose aim is to collect testimonies of EU27 citizens living in the UK and UK citizens living in the EU27. Um, in March 2017, I opened a Facebook group um, and I started collecting these testimonies and this has resulted in the publications of two books, In Limbo and In Limbo 2. And it's, the aim is to uh, show and to talk about the human cost, the human side of Brexit. Mm -hmm. um, so we as uh, EU citizens, together with Brits who have been living abroad for more than 15 years, we were denied a vote in the referendum. We had no voice. So I felt that by collecting and putting these voices together, 
they could become a much stronger collective voice. We could send a signal to politicians. We could have the British public reading the books and uh, starting reflecting on, on the Brexit vote and the impact you know, this has had on, on, on people. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, okay, well I think perhaps we should be talking about the citizen rights and uh, perhaps um, have with you saying that you're campaigning to protect those rights. So um, what rights are we talking about and are you not um, having or expecting to have the same rights after Brexit uh, than you have now as a European citizen in the UK? Yes, so we were promised by both sides that nothing would change for us, but unfortunately um, the immigration status the UK is putting in place for us is called settled status that actually has less rights for the EU citizens living in the in the UK. So, for example, um, the, I cannot leave the country for more than five years because then I will lose my settled status automatically. Now, you think five years is a long time, but on a human's life, five years is actually nothing. You go abroad for a few years to study or to work, and then before you know, five years later, you cannot come back to the UK, which probably has been your home for a long time. And another right that is uh, going to be problematic is uh, family reunification. So, for example, um, if you have an elderly parent still living in your home country, it would be quite difficult, especially if there is a no deal, because there are two different possible scenarios. There is a, when There is a good cooperation between the UK and the EU, but if we crash out without a deal, then even the rights are hollowed out more. And family reunification is one of the big issues. And another right that, that it has not been talked about at all, even in the withdrawal agreement as it stands, and that is our rights to vote. Like Elena mentioned, we had no vote in the referendum. And at the moment, uh, as an EU citizen in uh, the UK, I can vote uh, and stand uh, for local and uh, municipal elections and the European elections. But after Brexit, there is no guarantee whatever. The UK didn't offer us at all anything yet to, uh, to that we can retain those like municipal or local election votes. And some people will even be... Um, losing their vote to vote for European elections because that depends on how the home country yeah. uh, so, so does there's, that. There's a lot of um, issues about um, the rights. It's the voting and it's um, the family reunification, but we're talking about as well about the, um, uh, the health services, the pensions, the freedom of movement, all things that, that we thought it was guaranteed as a European citizens. You think that perhaps, well, Obviously, things are going to be changing in that sense. Um, so how do you think people, in um, Europeans in, in the UK, uh, feel about that? And I suppose there's a lot of uncertainty, but what are the feelings? I mean, um, um, are people angry? Are people sad? Or they're, they're worried? Um, tell us a little bit, Elena. Yes, at the very start of the project, uh, we asked an academic, uh, Helen de Cruz, to... Um, ask EU citizens how they felt and we received more than a thousand replies and I think the most prevalent feeling was that the sense of betrayal people really felt betrayed 
because you know the vote leave the campaign said that nothing would have changed for us and immediately after we become bargaining chips mm-hmm. for the British government in order to get a better deal so I think this was the most prevalent but there's also um, a, a, you know a sense of worry of concern because when you are talking about you know ha- having uh, fewer rights but also having your lives on hold you cannot make plans you can sometimes you would like to start a business and you think okay what's going to happen is it worth it will I be able to stay so this has played a lot into the people's psyche and we've seen in our group the amount of people who have uh, had to receive uh, um, psychological help has grown immensely uh, and I'm sure you know other people will will say that about uh, British citizens living you know it's it's this whole climate this being in limbo does not help if people already suffered before from depression or, or anxiety certainly you know things have uh, become uh, you know um, uh, far more serious uh, but even normal people um, really have you know psychological uh, difficulties they have sometimes they tell us panic attacks to the point that uh, um, you know in our group near the last year near Christmas we had to put in place a way of you know giving them a helpline they could go to if they felt uh, you know uh, too anxious Anxious, felt unwell, and seek medical help. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, um, on top of that, I guess um, there's a lot of um, um, increase of racism and, um, and xenophobia in, in the country, and that's what the news we read um, tell us. Um, what do you think yeah, the, the, it is not just a perception. It is just a statistic shows that hate crime has increased uh, since the Brexit campaign and the Brexit vote. I, I can add that I, you know, I I see from the testimonies we received that a lot of people tell us that you know they, you know, countless people have been told when are you going back home, and I always bring as an example a, um, a testimony of a, a 12-year-old uh, girl from Poland, and she said that before the referendum she was never asked uh, this question, and now you know she. She has, you know, she hears it all the time. But she was born in Britain. She feels British, and this is home for her. So, um, and, and and this is one thing. Um, but some people tell us they have difficulties in speaking their mother tongue uh, um, outside in public, if particularly if they live in in strong leave areas or um, you know in 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 more difficult um, um, you know environments. And um, uh, yes, the, the xenophobic abuse, uh, the racist abuse, as Hedrick was saying, has really increased and a lot of people are really paying the price for it. Can I just chime in to say that just sounds so familiar to um, uh, you know, a British nationalistic rise that has um, turned people from thinking that culture and languages is a you know, richness that we have into uh, something like you know something abhorrent that we should be getting rid of um and it it just sounds in some ways so familiar to things that we've also lived and seen here in in catalonia doesn't yeah, it yeah i agree with that i don't think have we and i don't think have we can and then perhaps not really what's going on here but i totally agree with you i i can sense the same um There is a big division, big division in this society. The same way that um, the British society um, is being divided um, at the moment, it's a big problem. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, 
And I can say, I mean, this is obviously, uh, as Mama was saying, not only a British problem, you know, I don't want to blame the Brits, I mean, but Brexit has validated a certain mentality, a certain, you know, has validated a certain rhetoric, you know, xenophobic, and, uh, and, and, and people feel more entitled. People sometimes ask me, was this there before? Possibly, but sometimes, you know, as I was saying, a certain narrative, when it changes, you start looking at the, uh, you know, an EU citizens like an immigrant, like uh, maybe a, a guest, which is not so well tolerated. That's how, you know, it, it's, it's, you know, it starts and uh, uh, it's easy to, uh, to go from, uh, you know, a calm and relaxed atmosphere to an atmosphere where everything is allowed, so... And that's absolutely why the politicians should be, you know, very careful, careful about the absolutely. kind of discourse that they're undertaking yeah. because it is an example, and and America is an example of, of that with Trump as well. So, mm. okay, so uh, because we're on a bit of a low note about covering all of these uh, issues that are sort of concerning, uh, which we have to talk about, uh, but, um, th you know, that are concerning us, we're going to put a little song on and we're going to take a little breather and, uh, you know, see if uh, that lifts our mood and then we're going to come back and speak a little bit more. So this is... Higher Ground by Stevie Wonder. Enjoy.
said, we're back. And um, it's funny, but, you know, when we're talking about the association, sometimes people will say to me, you know, Amy, I never thought you'd get involved with politics. I didn't know you cared. And I always say to them, I don't care about politics. I have no political inclinations whatsoever. But I found myself in a position in my life where I have to stand up and fight for my rights. And so I don't consider myself in any way political, even though we're talking about politics. I I consider myself an an activist, and I think most of the people in the association, uh, we see ourselves that way too, even though we we do ask for meetings with all the different different political parties uh, to tell them our point of view, to tell them our concerns, to ask for more voting rights, to ask to be remembered and so forth. Well, that's actually exactly how the three million started as well. It's uh, the day after the referendum, a group of worried citizens, EU citizens came together. And then, like you said, you roll from, because you're worried about your life and your rights, and then from one thing leads to another, and it was... And eventually a, a structure <laughs> is, is born, and uh, here, here we all are <laughs> with the radio program. It's uh, um, definitely a big association now. It represents a lot of, a lot of people, and um, they're doing a lot of things um, in, in, um, in the UK. And they're working, as far as I understand, also with the European Union um, to try to bring friends or to guarantee the rights of the, of the Europeans in the UK and the British in, in Europe. Absolutely. So the, the three million um, works very closely together with the, uh, the, the British in Europe because in the beginning uh, they wanted to uh, get us like against each other, like the British in the EU and the, and the Europeans in the, in the UK with, like, with rights. The rhetoric was like, oh, we need to protect the Brits. And so that was the bargaining chip coming up. But fortunately, the three million and the British in Europe did not let that happen. And we have been working closely together since early 2017. And uh, one of the things we are very worried about is um, because there, this no deal situation is is so intense still, especially with the the, the, the talking by Boris, Boris Johnson that the 31st of October that said we leave with or without a deal. But without a deal, that means that what has been negotiated so far will end up in the dustbin, including the citizens' rights. Yeah. So that will just all that work for the last three years will just be shredded and in the dustbin. So what we like is for the EU as a whole, together with the UK, agree that whatever happens, that the part of the citizens' rights will be solved. So in cases there is a no deal, don't throw that part away. Take the citizens' rights off the table. Because as Elena says, we are talking about people's lives. We are not fish quota. We are not car parts. We are families. We are people living at both sides of the channel. We made our lives in the EU, in another EU country. Mm-hmm. So that is that is what we are lobbying for. I know that uh, this week or last week uh, I read an article in El País that there is an agreement with the um, uh, Spanish, uh, there is a Spanish law now, it has been passed, if I understand correctly, mm-hmm. offering the, the British living in Spain uh, their rights. 
but they say to the UK it has to be reciprocal, reciprocal. so it needs to be for the, uh, the Spanish in, in, in the UK. Um, it is great that these, this is an agreement, but what we actually want is uh, not those little bilateral, 27 different bilateral right. agreements. So what we like to say, well, keep it simple, just do an EU agreement together with the UK as the, as the block. Yes. Because um, the, the, bilateral, the, the individual bilateral agreements cannot cover everything. For example, a friend of mine, she lived in three different EU countries. So she is accumulating pension rights and has accumulated those rights in different countries. So if you have a, a EU-UK agreement, then that is protected. But do you have different agreements with different countries? Um, yeah, your rights is being... Yeah. There are so many Shredded. complicated yeah, uh, situations. I healthcare. Healthcare. I have seen in the forums, in the Facebook groups, people talking about, I'm here now, um, a lady questioning, I, I, I have cancer and I need to have treatment. Yes. And on the 31st, there's going to be I'm going to be barred am I going to be barred from the health system and um, by the way doesn't even have she's bought property in Spain and doesn't have means to to return to the UK Uh, she would have to return to the UK with a, a council flat or some kind of full protection she's old aged you know how is that going to work and and those situations imagine the extra stress that it adds to a already a difficult situation um Another one, which are friends of ours, uh, have it's a, it's a British and a Spanish couple, and they're saying, well, okay, well, if you know he can't live um, here, for example, then they could go back to the UK. But then, um, so there's always oh, one yes. of them, and they're Absolutely. both on on a below thirty thousand euro salary, and that's apparently the bar or the threshold for being able to. Um, you know, sort of uh, just move and and say, okay, I have enough money to look after myself. Uh, So they wouldn't necessarily, they have two children, but wouldn't necessarily be able to live in either Spain or the UK or or would have to go through a complicated process. It's terribly sad. It's terribly sad, especially. We had, you know, for instance, a a couple. uh, The husband was uh, uh, Romanian. She was English. And they decided, because of a lot of xenophobic abuse they uh, received, uh, both as a couple, uh, they uh, decided to move to Romania. And now it's, uh, you know, Hannah's uh, rights which are at stake. So, you know, some people, you move from a situation of, you know, being a bargaining chip or, you know, being, uh, you know, in a difficult situation in in the UK and you come to another country and there you face other obstacles. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's so many mobile citizens. A lot of people say, oh, you know, get it sorted in your country. It's just, but, you know, as you were saying, people travel nowadays and people, you know, move from country to country. So it it creates, it complicates things. And and that's why I think it's, uh, you know, the idea of working together EU citizens in the UK and, and, and Brits abroad is so important. And in, in Limbo and in Limbo 2 are the same thing. We recognise we are the mirror image of one another. Uh, we uh, walk hand in hand. Uh, there's no uh, more suffering or, you know, it's just different suffering on both sides, but it's still suffering mm-hmm. and it's still loss of um, rights. 
Absolutely, and it is it is although the the, the problems for the British in the EU and in Spain are maybe slightly different than the problems for EU citizens in the UK, but in the end, like Elena says, we we are facing these problems, and in the end, it is caused by one course, which is Brexit. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, we are all in the same Brexit boat. And is there anything that your associations can do apart from uh, this important labour of um, bringing visibility to this uh, issue? Anything else that can be done from a legal standpoint to to try and stop Brexit? Uh, Well, to stop Brexit, yeah, uh, we think that this is put upon us. So we are fighting for to keep our rights as has been promised by the EU and the UK. What we do say is that the worst that can happen for everybody involved is a no deal Brexit. That it would be just def- devastating and uh, and we definitely say this this that should be avoided at all costs. So your main um, objective would be sort of to um educate the people so that if there's a possibility for another referendum they might vote taking that into account yeah the the, the problem is uh, we as eu citizens are probably again not <laughs> able to vote which is very frustrating well that yeah the, absolutely i was uh, excluded from the vote because i've lived outside of the uk for 15 years as well and i think that's completely unfair because i feel like well i'm more affected than so many other people when i was born the first passport i ever applied for was a british passport even though i was i lived in australia i was known as an australian and people say that Australian girl. But um, I was born with the right to live, work, retire, study all over the European Union. And I was aware of that. And I came when I was uh, 21, 22 years old, and I've been here ever since. So I I just don't understand how that can be (laughs) taken away now. They they change the rules uh, during the game, isn't that? Exactly. Like you said, people make their lives... Uh, all over the EU because that is that is how the rights are and then suddenly now these rights are being taken away while our lives are based upon those rights Mm -hmm. exactly if I would have moved instead to the UK to uh, America or then then I would have known that my rights are maybe limited uh, depending on working or whatever but that those were not the conditions I moved to the UK or mm-hmm. I moved to other European countries right and I wanted to say something about raising awareness it might seem a little thing but for instance we often have people who read in limbo or in, in limbo too and they come back to us and tell us I've changed my mind over Brexit because they realize what the impact uh, of, you know, of this vote, that the impact it has had on people's lives. And sometimes, you know, you, you've got to speak to the mind of people. You've got to tell them this is what's happening, you know, facts. But you also got to speak to the heart. Uh-huh. And I think this has been largely, you know, missed in the, in the discourse, in the narrative. Um, and, and when you present people with stories, with, you know, how people feel, you, you cannot deny, you know, that a person feels in a certain way. And, uh, you know, and when you read 
one, ten, fifty, a hundred testimonies, in a way, if you're open to reflection, if you're open to change, then you realise. And a lot of, of Brits went to this vote without really knowing the, uh, understanding fully uh, what they were voting for. Um, some were misinformed. There were a lot of, you know, lies. So I think that, you know, there are various ways of, um, of uh, making people reflect uh, on, on Brexit. And uh, it's not just, you know, it's campaigning, it's going to march and you know we, we as in limbo for instance we do all that but it's also really appealing to to people's hearts and and you know ask them do you think brexit is worth read these stories and tell us mm-hmm. the, it has you know the impact uh, you know look at it it's changed the country uh, it has divided people it's divided communities it's really worth it mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i would like to bring back the subject of the voting because that's all right that um as Amy was saying, as many people, uh, many British people living abroad haven't been able to vote. Well, they were promised, actually. Yeah? Yeah. In the 2015 elections, they were promised to get those voting rights back. And they didn't. And uh, three million people um, were not allowed to vote in that referendum. People who pay their taxes, who live their lives, who join the communities, who who part of that life. Because well, I, myself, for example, I spent 20 years living in the UK, and I did not manage to, well, I could not vote. Um, you can, I think, Elena, um, you did tell me uh, that uh, Australian people, for example, on a visa, a six-month visa, they could vote. Yeah. Yes, um, of course, Commonwealth uh, citizens could vote, yeah. but EU citizens had to sit and watch. And, you know, and I remember... And if, and if we add the three million um, of EU citizens in the UK plus two million of Brits in in Europe. Um, that makes a big dif- that would have made a big difference. Listen, it would have been lost. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, well, I'm not saying it would be lost, but no, probably no. it looks like three million people. Not everyone was going to vote. Remain, but um, taking into consideration the circumstances, probably they would. And so um, the result of that referendum would have been completely, completely different. different. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And one has to wonder when you pay taxes whether, you know, why not being able to vote? There shouldn't be taxation without representation. I totally so agree. It's very, mm-hmm. very hard to think that you contributed to the country for so many years in many different ways, you know, through your work, through, you know, being maybe a mum or being, being a carer. And all of a sudden, you feel really, um, you know, incapable of, of, of doing anything. I remember on the, the night uh, before the referendum, and actually the day of the referendum, I was listening to, to people saying, I don't know whether I'm going to vote today. I don't know what to vote for. And me willing so much, you know, to have a say in, a, in, a, you know, in that can referendum. You give, can you vote for me? To. Yes. <laughs> if you don't know what to vote, I can give you a tip. There's actually, <laughs> there's actually um, an app. It's, it, it was in use here, um, where if you didn't know what to vote and somebody else felt strongly that they had something they wanted to vote for, and you could, you could, that person would vote for you and it would connect the people and you could meet in person and discuss it. Um, and, yeah, that, okay, so yeah, because, yeah. of course, there are, whether, whether it's yeah. immigrants or people who are 17 but really already have an opinion or whatever, and so that that, that was we possible. We did something similar during uh, uh, the Three Million Organisers, uh, organised quite regularly some uh, lobbies in Westminster in, in the British system 
a constituent uh, can uh, talk to their MP. So you can go to Westminster and talk to your MP. But of course, a lot of British abroad has lost have lost that contact with their mm-hmm. constituents. So we did we did a pairing up between British abroad that the the person from Orpington, for example, could go to the Orpington MP and and say, yeah. well, these are my worries. And then there is Amy in Barcelona, for example. And no, so we did that pairing yes. as well. But also, if you think, I mean, now losing the right to vote is really no small thing. I mean, I, you know... What uh, Europe speaks of us as um, EU citizens, uh, you know, and, you know, circulating, you know, that's freedom of movement. We know it's immigration is from one place to the other. And whereas, you know, we have a circulation, you know, of EU citizens. But taking that vote away means that we become immigrants, not, you know, there's nothing wrong with the name itself but you know truly we are uh, you know downgraded a little bit in the sense of you know we we will lack uh, an important right and um, mm-hmm. to be really citi- fully full citizens you know okay so speaking about voting rights let's uh, let's just do a couple of announcements while we're here because this is one of the things that our um, association has a close eye on and we're often uh, making public announcements about so let's make a <laughs> let's make one of those the, um, it looks like british um, uk elections are around the corner or that we we hope you know or what well, you know, we are biased as, as an organisation. Whether it's a near corner assistant. or far corner, we don't know yet, but well, they will be there. Sooner or later they're coming. Yeah. So the thing is, uh, if you are British and you're living in Spain and listening to this, or you're living, you know, overseas and you still have the right to vote because 15 years haven't, uh, you haven't expired yet... Um, you should visit your consulate and register now. And in fact, there is some advice uh, to say you should register for a proxy vote, which means you assign somebody who is in the UK, they get some kind of a permission paper or code or whatever, and they are able to vote for themselves and then they're also able to vote for you too. The reason why is because in previous elections there has been uh, a whole lot of um, issues Uh, numerous incidents about uh, postal voting or voting at the consulate and whether those votes got back in time to be counted and whether they were actually counted lost or whatever. So the important thing is if you do want to have your voice heard, um, you're you're British, you should um, register for the proxy vote. That's the, the advice. And then on the other hand, if you're an EU citizen, so from anywhere else, uh, and and at the moment Brits are included, and you're living in Barcelona, then you should also register to vote uh, because um, currently, and at least until the 31st of October, uh, we are allowed to vote in the town hall elections and also in the EU elections. Okay, yes. so that's um, not as uh, many voting rights as we'd like to have, but that's not no voting rights. So yeah. we should use those voting rights, um, and the way to do that is to either visit your town hall with all your documentation and um, apply and whether they tell you that, oh, no, you can only do it during a period of time, not true. Every single business day of the year you are entitled to get onto the register. It doesn't matter whether there's elections on the horizon or not. Um, if you, Some town halls have, have been known to be problematic and our association has actually denounced some of them. So if you happen to have one of those town halls that is impeding your right to vote, you can go straight to the Instituto de Nacional Instituto Nacional de Estadística, which is in Via Laitana número 8, Via Laitana number 8, and that's open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. daily. So you take your passport, you take your, your NIE card, 
Um, if it might be a good idea to take a copy of the Padron, uh, even though that's not on the list of the things you need, and they can put you onto the list. So let's uh, let's um, have another little music stop, and um, let's see what's a good song. How about this? Under pressure. I think that's appropriate for the. <laughs> <laughs> By Queen, of course. Slashed and torn Pressure. 
Okay, so just before we continue, I'd like to um, thank our sponsors who have been helping us in our labour. Uh, first of all, LegalCity.es is a... Um, uh, abogados, lawyers for foreigners, and uh, they are well versed in all of the uh, <laughs> perils and difficulties of moving, getting NIE numbers, getting uh, set up uh, with the social security and all these different things. So if you are a foreigner here and you're experiencing any of these difficulties, don't de hesitate in going to see them. I personally work with them and they do a fantastic job. And of course they speak English, so that's very easy. Also, Kingsbrook Idiomas is a great... Um, language school where you can learn Spanish and a range of other uh, languages, which some of our members have been uh, students there and give great raving reviews. So I do recommend that. That's Kingsbrook Barcelona or kingsbrookbcn.com. And just lastly, um, uh, due to an, an event that we're uh, running, we'd like to make a special thanks to Barcelona Princess Hotel, who facilitated that for us um, without cost, um, which was we greatly appreciate. And also AV Services Barcelona, who uh, helped with the audiovisuals on that. So a special thanks to them. And uh, then just uh, before we move back into um, the interview, I want to remind everybody that uh, the Barcelona International Community Day is coming around again. So if you haven't been before, it's sort of like a fair. It used to be called the Expat Fair, but perhaps uh, they renamed it to make it sound a little bit more inclusive so that absolutely everybody who is in some way connected with the international community is, is free to come. And there you can meet all sorts of um, uh, companies, associations, uh, activities um, of you know different um, immigrant groups, different expat groups, um, and just find out. So there's everything there from international food to recruiting agencies to us. So we'll be there as well. That's the 26th of October, and it's all day at the Maritime Museum. So um, look into that. You can just find information online, and we'd love to see you there. So anyway, Mammon, back to. The interview, what are we going to talk about now? The I think we can carry on about the, the, the rights and, um, and the important right of voting. Um, I hear the news that um, last elections in the UK, there was a big problem where lots of um, EU citizens... Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, so you're, you're talking about the last year. It wasn't general election. No, no it was the last European election. elections. The European elections. Yeah. That's right. And, and uh, people couldn't vote. Yes. Exactly. Vote. So as, uh, as as we mentioned before, EU citizens, uh, whenever wherever they are in the EU, they can vote for the EU elections, the EU Parliament. Um, living in another EU country, you have to choose whether you vote for uh, an MEP uh, in, from the country where you live or from the country uh, of origin. You cannot vote twice, so you have to choose. Um, in order to do that, um, like for example in the Netherlands, you just, when you register to vote, you say, okay, I want to vote for a, a Dutch MEP or I want to vote for a British MEP. Uh, and that is then registered. And you don't need to do that again and again un unless you change your mind and you want to change that. The UK chose a different uh, approach and that meant that besides have being on the electoral roll, say for the European uh, elections, we also as a European citizen, if you wanted to vote for a British MEP candidate, 
you had to fill out an extra form to say, to promise that you're not voting also for the MEP of your country of origin. Now, legally, that's fine. There's no problem. The problem, however, was that because um, the UK was supposed to leave the EU on the 29th of March, the EU elections were in June. And, um, of course, then, uh, of May, yeah, sorry. Uh, And then, of course, suddenly they needed to, they didn't leave the EU and they needed to uh, organize these elections. So the, the, the problem was that a lot of people either didn't know they had to do an extra form, not just the voters, but I called my local electoral office and I said, I need an extra form. And she said, no, you don't. You're on the electoral roll. I said, trust me, I need that extra form. <laughs> but so even electoral offices didn't really know. Uh, the result was that either people didn't do the form or uh, got them too late or electoral offices claimed that they didn't receive it. So what happened on election day was that many EU citizens came and saw their name on the uh, paper in front of them crossed out. And the, the person from the voting polling station said, sorry, you cannot vote. Now, that was obviously very upsetting. And, and, and we are so angry about this that actually we have started uh, a court case uh, against that. So but did you do a crowdfunding or something to absolutely. do that? So, uh, Tell us so about that. Court cases, are, you, uh, you just, judicial reviews are very, very expensive. So we, uh, we started a crowdfunding first to see if we can have an initial um, yeah, uh, test whether we actually had a case. And uh, which we have. So then we did a follow-up crowdfunding. So we did the uh, initial, uh, I forgot the legal term, I'm not a lawyer, but the initial, like, this is our case, here is the government. So here, government, this is our case, what's your reaction? Um, So they could say, yeah, sorry, we are fault, and then that was it. But no, they said, no, sorry, we, we don't agree with your case. So now, again, we are trying to find uh, cases and uh, are preparing for for the hearing. So I have no dates yet, but yeah, watch this space. Hashtag denied my vote was very big after that. Yeah, after. it's true. I mean, uh, you know, the day of the election, it was chaos. I remember arriving in the group and I, you know, the amount of people were complaining. I had never seen anything like that. It was like an avalanche of, uh, and even on Twitter, the amount of people were saying, I, I'm here at the polling station and not allowing me to vote. Um, uh, you know, others uh, were saying the days before that they hadn't received this form. So in a way, we were expecting expecting this, but it was the scale which really shocked us. Mm. And uh, this, again, has left people, as Edric was saying, very angry, feeling betrayed again. It has added to the pressure and to all, you know, that people are feeling these days. So obviously, and, you know, it has left us unable to vote again and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, deprived of of this uh, properly. Does feel very demoralizing, doesn't it? To be it and disre- disrespected in a sense that you know exactly. I'm expected to pay my tax, and if I yes. don't, I will be fined. But when it comes to my rights, the people can just play with them, and there's just no. Con- it feels like there's no consequences. May- maybe in the long term there will be consequences, but and yeah, I, it's you so know, like, You know, sometimes people really feel they're used. You know, and uh, a lot of you citizens say, okay, when it comes to we need nurses, we need. You know, it's just like a need. And but then you are thrown, you know, in a corner. You're left there on your own when we know when you want to express.
suggest something when you want to vote. So it adds to the uh, the feeling of uh, feeling unwelcome, you know, not really feeling at home. And that's really something that, uh, as we collected the testimonies, that sense of where is home now has come out very strongly. People no longer know where they belong. Uh, because you, you belong to a place where you're really made not to feel like a guest, but as an active part of that society. Take mm -hmm. that out, push people, put them in the corner, make them feel unwanted, and that's what you get as a result. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to put on another song now. And uh, I was just looking at my playlist and decided for this one because I think it's so appropriate. This is, do you remember the Pro Proclaimers? Yes. That song that goes, and yes. I would walk 500 oh, <laughs> yes. This is this uphill battle that we're <laughs> fighting for, so we're going to – let's listen to that and uh, at least feel like, you know, we're not alone. When I go out, yeah, I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be the man who goes along with you. If I get drunk, well, I know I'm going to be. I'm gonna be the man who gets strong next to you And if I heave up Yeah, I know I'm gonna be I'm, I'm gonna, gonna be the man who's heavering to you But I would walk 500 miles And I would walk 500 more To be the man who walks a thousand miles Then fall down at your door When I'm walking Yes, I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who's working hard for you When the money comes in for the work I do I'll pass almost every penny on to you When I come home, I, come home. Oh, I know I'm 
here we are, back again. So, Mammon, here we well, are. Yeah, um, just after um, having spoken about um, the rights and uh, the fact that people are the and nothing's guaranteed, and uh, and I was thinking the 31st of October is just round the corner. Um, and, yeah, another deadline. <laughs> Absolutely. Another deadline. It doesn't look like, the, well, um, Mr. Boris Johnson is going to uh, manage any... Um, agreement with the EU, uh, but you never know because uh, things happen in such, at such a speed. And uh, so um, what do you think? Uh, 31st of October, round the corner, nothing's been guaranteed. What can happen? I, uh, to be honest, I stopped answering this question because I think anything can happen. Absolutely. And it is just uh, uh, another, like I said, it's another deadline. It's another anxious time coming yes. up and will that be deflated by another um, or relieved by either a deal or by another extension or by a crash out and to be honest ask me on the 1st of November yeah. <laughs> it's impossible to know it's impossible to to predict and to understand so it's like another lottery in a way people are there just waiting and you know I always remember a testimony say, saying watching, waiting and hurting. That's how it feels being in limbo. And I think, you know, it describes this sense of wait. I mean, waiting for Godot, I need, you know, is this ever going to happen? Is it not? And, you know, what happens if it happens? And what happens, you know, if it doesn't? We will still be thrown into this uncertainty. We don't know where we're going. So it's, it's very difficult. Well, thank you very much, Hedwig and Elena. And, uh, yeah, it was very interesting to hear well, thank you. Yeah. Citizens are going through because I uh, think in the press you hear about the economics, but you don't actually true. hear so much about the, people. the human side. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so, you. So thank you very much for coming. And just lastly, I want to remind our listeners that they can they can join us in Facebook. It's Europeans in Catalonia. Um, we also have a Twitter channel and our website europeansincatalonia.org. Is that right? Yeah, I got it right. Okay. And and what about the Facebook groups for the 3 million? Is it the 3 million? Yeah, so we have a Facebook group, the 3 million, which uh, basically is for EU citizens in the UK, but we welcome uh, all supportive uh, Brits as well. And, uh, yeah, you can follow us on Twitter as as well, yeah. okay. And, we and have a Facebook group called In Limbo Our Brexit Testimonies, and we are on Twitter as well at In Limbo Brexit. If people want to leave their testimonies, it's a group designed for people to really open up and write, you know, how they feel, what happens to them if they need help, uh, and so on. Okay, so there's all of these great resources where uh, people who are suffering or in any way, shape, or form to do with the Brexit can get together, and at the very least you know, express themselves, ventilate, whatever, share the pain with, with other people. Um, anyway, we don't want to leave it on a low note. We do want to continue fighting. We haven't given up hope. No, and, uh, and even after the Brexit, if the Brexit does happen, I think we will all continue to re-vindicate that um, we somehow earned <laughs> some, yes. some rights and would like them to be respected. Absolutely. So uh, just to finish off, we're going to leave you with one last song and then we'll see you again sometime soon. And this one is uh, Go Your Own Way by Fleetwood Mac. This is the right thing to do. How can I ever change things that I feel? If 
everything. 